Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens, brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. We had Tony in here last week for the major announcement, a $5,000 cash prize uh, for the winner of our group, which of course is free entry. Uh, so Timmy, pretty unbelievable opportunity there, just quietly. Yeah, mate, unreal. I think I might, we've got these, obviously the bloke in the bar regional tours coming up, Armadale this weekend, so... I'm tempted just to take out a 5K loan and just blow it all across the next four weeks on this tour. I'm that confident I'm going to take it out. Uh, 5K, though, in all seriousness, from Blue Wealth, uh, it, it's freaking unreal, isn't it? That's oh, great. You, you wouldn't even know what to do with 5K, just quietly. Uh, <laughs> now, guys, our group code, which is on the screen, will be for the entire episode, 353745. It is not a league. It is a group. What do you reckon the overs-unders is on 30 on how many messages I got last week saying the code isn't working? Uh, Give you a hot tip. It was heaps fucking overs. <laughs> yeah, I was just Heaps overs. We'll see it at 100. Yeah. Uh, guys, it is a group. Make sure you go in there. 353745. And if you are keen to reach out to the team at Blue Wealth Property, have a look in the description of the YouTube or the podcast. Uh, they've got a heap of educational seminars going on over the next few weeks. They had one, I think it was last night or the night before. It went really well. We've got Mort's coming in today to talk to us a little bit about Blue Wealth Property as well. That'll be off mic, but uh, really looking forward to catching up with, I think, one of the better blokes I've ever met, just quietly. He's such a legend, Mort. Bulldogs royalty. I've actually been one of their information and education evenings uh, mid-last season and learned an absolute stack about it, about you know getting into the housing market, all sorts of different things, you know where to invest, what their strengths are. So really interesting stuff. Yeah, unreal stuff. And I think... That, that was the main thing that I took away from when I was in there the other day, mate, that they, they just make it idiot-proof. 
Yeah. I just, I've, I've, I've never had a great understanding of all that sort of stuff. I walked out of there the other day going, fuck, I understand more than what I ever have. I'm the definition of an idiot when it comes to finances and housing and, you know, trying to get into the market. Don't cut yourself short, mate. You're yeah. an idiot in most fields. Yeah, and there's a few out there, to be fair. But as I said, like sitting, speaking to the boys and going to the, the education night last, last year, just learned an absolute stack. Yeah, nah, so definitely reach out to the team. As we said, guys, the, uh, the link is in the description and whatnot there. Uh, now, we had obviously the major announcement of the $5,000 last week. We did float to you guys uh, that there would be weekly prizes and uh, we are going to give out a weekly prize for the highest scorer uh, in the beers and break-evens group. So make sure you are in that. Uh, you can see the code on the screen here. So make sure you're in that. Each week, the highest scorer that is not a sniper team uh, we've got a little someone that's on that mission each and every week to go through and check that. Uh, you'll be receiving a beers and break-evens hat. We've got a few of these made up. I think they're fucking unreal just quietly, the corduroy. You're a corduroy guy or what? I'm a big corduroy man, yeah. Mm. I'm actually wearing cord shorts as we speak. I didn't notice that, yeah. yeah. The, the, the comfiest things in the world. So, you know, sticking on top of the melon, I can only imagine. Watch out, ladies. <laughs> the other prize that we will have, uh, we don't have them at the moment right now, but we have some Steeden footballs, retro ones, that instead of having bloke on them, they will have beers and break even. So they're arriving next week. I'm hoping you'll be able to see them next week. But if you're the highest scorer of the week, you'll receive a hat, you'll receive a football. Uh, there's only going to be 27 of those footballs. We're not going to be selling them. There's, there'll be no other way to get them. Probably 28. I think the overall winner we might chuck a footy to. Mate, dead, dead set. Throw one of your best hospital balls at him. Yeah, there's a few of them. Tell you what. Uh, and that's it. As I, I mentioned last week, the, the weekly prizes, they, they might not look as good in your bank account as the, the 5K, but they are so cool. Steedham football, there's only 27 of them. Yeah. Thank you. They'll be, be going for well more than 5K in a few years. Tell time. me about it. 100%. <laughs> uh, we might even get Timmy to sign it for you. He mentioned he wanted to do that last <laughs> week. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, uh, hats and footballs up for grabs each and every week for the highest scorer. And if you manage to come first at the end of the season, $5,000. Well, 5500 if you're a NRL club member. If you missed the episode last week, Tony said that uh, if you're a club member... He'll throw in another $500. He just keeps on giving the tea. I've had a few uh, North Sydney Bears fans message oh. me saying, does it count if we're members of the uh, of the Bears? I said, absolutely, it counts if you're members of the Bears. Are they the Perth Bears yet or what? What's going <laughs> on? We've just lost about 3,000 viewers, I reckon, <laughs> mate. Yeah, you're poking the bear there. Shout out to Natty from the Rubdown, one of the, most, one of the great Bears fans of all time. Mm, legend. Sick of hearing about it. All right. <laughs> Teamless Tuesday. Christmas come early. Um, I think for a lot of us Supercoach players, obviously it's big for Classic, for Draft, it's fucking huge. It can really make or break you. Um, there was a few... I feel like every round one TLT, Tim, I come in here and think, I know what's going to play out here. Still plenty of surprises. Mate, I feel almost hungover today. Like I've had about 35 tins last night. Just <laughs> more mentally exhausted. It was yeah. such a big day, but such an exciting day. I was absolutely buzzing for that to come out yesterday. Like we all were... A few curly ones, not too bad. Uh, Nico was obviously the big talking point there, not named for the Sharkies. A little bit disappointing from a Supercoach perspective because I feel like that was going to be the, one of the big dividers uh, among teams to create a, a bit of, you know, some unique sides. So a little bit disappointing Nico's not there, but it also gets rid of one big Supercoach headache. Yeah, and it also, as much as having Nico and not having him last week would have been interesting, what you do with that money now, mm. it blows it wide open. And I've spent that money... A little bit differently to most. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. 
Let's kick off with the Thursday night game. We've got the Parramatta Eels taking on the Melbourne Storm, 8pm. I've waited six months for footy, was so excited. Had a look at this game, thought how good. Had a look at my Supercoach draft team. I don't have a single Parramatta Eel or a Melbourne Storm player, so uh, wasn't stoked with that, I'm not going to lie. Look forward to it for so long, and then now I've got to actually just watch footy, which hurts. Yeah. So you went and uh, drafted Wurrimu Greg just to uh, <laughs> just have a player in the game. <laughs> I'll leave Nate Cleary on the board for this round. Um, now, the Parramatta Eels. Uh, obviously, so much talk in the preseason about the back line, mate. We thought we'd get at least one mm. cheapie out of there. We've got absolute duck eggs. Wonga Blake, uh, Bailey Simonson name there. It's two RFs I want to talk about. Bryce Cartwright and Matty Dory. Now, I think we're gonna. I think we'll discuss this a little bit deeper later. Mm. But two good opportunities there. Two hundred and thirty-four k. I personally think you've got to own one of them. Just depends which avenue you want to go down. Where do you sit? I'm not so convinced on mm. that. <clears throat> now, the f- reason being is that a back row is just so stacked. There are so many good cheapy options, so many good mid-range options, and then you know that's before we get to Cam Murray and Dave Fafita. You know, you can't have them all. I just see the biggest red flags around job security for these two. You've got Sean Lane, who's due back anywhere from around sort of three to six. Ryan Madison, who, you know, we spoke off air, you're pretty convinced he just plays as a middle. <clears throat> I think he plays a middle this year once Sean Lane's back, and there's every chance he plays middle when he comes back into the team. But Parramatta have a tough early draw. If they start slow, lose a few games, and their edges are struggling, mate, the bloke's played edge almost his entire career. He's the safest... You know, you can then plug and have uh, Campbell Gillard up front with Borlo. You can have your boy Jermaine Hopgood at lock. I know how important he is for the punch off the bench, but then if you have Maddo on one edge, it just, like, solves a lot of problems. Yes, there's less X-factor off the bench, but it could be a short-term play until Lane comes back. You've then got Jack Murchie on the bench. Jairam, I'm say, you've got two edge-back rowers. Now, either of those guys might spend some time in the middle, but... I just don't like the potential minutes there. I don't like job security. I'm more than I'm pretty convinced that one of my mid-range or even cheapy back rowers will struggle early on. You know, you're not they're not all going to be home runs. And if any of them struggle, straight down round three to Bryce Cartwright or Matt Doherty if they look to have locked in a spot and are scoring well. Uh, I get where you're coming from. I disagree on a few fronts with Parramatta. Uh, obviously, they've lost pretty much their entire bench from the grand final. Uh, I think that with Parramatta, they obviously start very well. And then you bring Ryan Madison on, and he's so important through the middle. I think without Oregon Kafusi, I think Maddo has to play through the middle. I understand what you're saying about the edges, but I just... Like, mate, they're, they're fucked without Maddo playing through the middle. Are you, like, are you not concerned... With that four forward bench. Yeah, and I'm sorry, let, let me talk on that as well. I'm sorry, mate. Are we expecting Josh Hodgson, age 33, to play 80 minutes in his first game back? Tell me Jacob Arthur or Mitrain isn't coming into this side. You might be right. Yeah, I'm going off the team names, mate. Oh, um, for sure. But, yeah. but like with a little bit of common sense, I, I think it's I, – I, I'll be shocked if one of those guys doesn't come in. So what – Like it's the first oh, game of the week. Also, <laughs> we're going to know in a couple so of cool. hours. Yeah. yeah. So Mitrain, if Mitrain comes in, that obviously helps. Yeah. Um, Jake Arthur, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. No. I don't agree with it, but yeah. it wouldn't surprise me like, at all. He wouldn't play hooker, would he? Fuck knows. Yeah. I've had a few people say that maybe Hopgood could. I don't think that's the avenue that they'll be, take. You, you, we just spoke about their lack of middles and punch. It's like, sure, you don't want to take You can't do that. that. So, mate, I, I, I am almost going to say it's a certainty that one of Jake Arthur or Mitch Rain come onto that bench. And I would say that Mama, Mama <clears throat> Sia will, will probably drop out then. 
So there goes one yeah. back rower. And I, I personally think that Jack Murchie, I think he'll probably play a lot through the middle as well. I, I think Mitch Rain will come in as well. Um, so, so then the, the issue... So do you then see Cardi <coughs> and Dory playing 80 minutes? I think one of them does. I'm not sure which one, but I've never overly rated Matt <coughs> Dory. Uh, I think... I, I don't, As opposed to Bryce Carrot, who was a good footballer 10 years ago. Yeah, but Bryce has shown ability, mate. He's shown ability. He's got experience. I know, I know he's an easy guy to beat up and he's an e- e- easy punching bag, but like, e- even you have a look at the games that he came in and played a little bit last year where he was playing 50, 60 minutes. He scored well. He's got Matt, upside. We know he's got upside. Like, yeah. they're a Parramatta are a side that are well known for their offloads and their second phase mm. footy. I, I think Bryce can do really well. He's playing outside Dylan Brown. He's going to put him in really good spots. I, I think a lot of people are falling into the trap of, oh, it's Bryce Cartwright. I, like, I, I personally think he's a really good option here. I'm going to take the red flag. I'm going to tie it around my <laughs> eyes as a blindfold and go straight into the Cardi party. I'm there. Yeah. Um, so he'll, he'll be left edge? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I, I would assume so. The only game that Matt Dory played, he was on the right edge. Uh, and I think that Matt Dory in that game scored a try, which I think got people very excited, which he will score tries outside, uh, mm-hmm. Mitch Moses, but I have a lot of question marks over Matt Dory's game. Mm. So, Cardi, left edge is substantial because you want to be outside Dylan Brown. Yep. A bit like what Foz does to his back rowers. It's a great spot to be. I mean, I know Papali killed outside Moses, but that's because Papali is a freak. Um yeah, and, and look, they both could be outstanding buys and make a ton of cash. I, I don't doubt that. I just have so many question marks about it. So, I'm, as I said, I'm more than happy to wait till round three. Yeah, no, nah, completely fair share. You've obviously got Sean Lane returning. Spoke to NRL Physio today. Said that he didn't have a stack of details, but he reckons it'll be round four to six. Mm. I, I just think with Bryce that even if Sean Lane returns, I, I personally think that Bryce could beat out Matt Dory on the right edge as well. And I, I'm only assuming Dory's going to play right <laughs> Um, because that's where he played in the trial, it, it could be the other way around. And look, as I said, you, we want the left edge back row, but when they're priced at 234k, it's like, it's not the end of the world. But at the same time, you want the left edge back row, but if Bryce was to land on the right, that gives me a lot more confidence in his job security. Because you've got Sean Great. Lane Good returning point. eventually. So it's, yep. it's a bit of a double-edged sword. I'm not mm. quite sure um exactly what i want there but i just think that bryce has got the pedigree um is he i uh, i'm not telling you you're going to get 20 i'll tell you what i uh, i was looking through his stats the other day and i was looking at like 2016 2017. <laughs> <laughs> what oh a God. time to be alive yeah. good god what, he averaged like 780 didn't he yeah it was crazy uh, we, we'll get to our sit me starts later but are you going to play the cardi party no i'm not no 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 not this way i want to sit and watch for a week Play Melbourne, I don't know. But then I'm also like, fuck, Melbourne's got two new edges. Like That's the other thing. I, I reckon their defence is going to be very interesting mm. to see how it plays out. Um, yeah, we already spoke about the forward, the the bench there. I, we both think that a utility will come in there. Um, I'll tell you what, if something happens that a utility comes in and Murchie drops out, that changes everything for me. I, I agree. I think Murchie's the concern. And when yeah. I say like the concern, uh, you know, Momosia is a straight edge back goal, but... Murchie's the one that could come in and play big minutes on the edge at any time. Yep. So, you know, he's proven 
at NRL level. Uh, agreed. It, yeah. Job security much better if Murchie were to drop out. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, Warbrick comes in. How good? We'll talk about him very soon. Um, the two back rowers, Trent Liru and Katoa. I've seen a lot of people with these guys in their team. I'm not going for them. Are you going for either of them? At this stage, no. And it's it's in the same mould as, as the Eels back rowers. Both of them could be fantastic. Katoa has such upside. I think between the two, Loyero is about 40, 50k cheaper. I think his job security is better. I think he's more likely to play 80 minutes. Katoa has so much more upside, as we know. I am happy just to wait and see the roles and see the minutes and watch them lock in a spot and then just snap them up round three if they're hitting their, hit the ground running. And I think it's all good and well to watch them this weekend and see where they're at, but Tarek Sims and Eisenhuth still not in this side. Mm. Eisenhuth part of the leadership group now. He'll be in the team somewhere. I just worry that you could watch them for the first week or two they could be very impressive and look great, then they could lose a spot to either of those guys. And, and that's it. The way I see it, like I've got in my side at the moment Luke Garner, who we'll get to shortly. I've got Murata Niakore, who's sort of coming to my side during the week. If either of them struggle and Katoa kills it all, Loyero, boom, round two, three, straight across to them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wishart's obviously in the 14. <laughs> that helps the cause of Christian Welsh. Um, we sort of knew that was going to happen, but worth noting. Well, what sort of concern does that raise for Harry Grant to you? Do you think Harry Grant plays 80? <sighs> I don't know. I, I think it'll be game dependent, to be honest yeah. with you. Which, para storm, anything can happen, but... It's just got a grind written all over it. Tight game, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, especially in round one. Mm. I think it'll be a grind. And I think it'll be, like, as, as we said the other day, both teams have new edge back rowers. Mm. I just don't think it's going to... The game's not going to flow, as you would usually hope. So, uh, yeah. I, I think it'll be tight. Yeah. yeah I, I think Harry so, Grant plays 80 in this game. Yeah, I, I agree. And I suppose the other thing is, even, even when he is there as a bench utility, if there's one injury in the back line, essentially, he comes in and plugs a hole there. So, yeah. which... In the modern day of rugby league, between concussions, symbians, all sorts of stuff, every chance, which puts Harry straight to 80 minutes. And, I mean, if there's an injury in the back line, he comes in. But if there's an injury in the forward pack, he probably comes on yeah. and plays lock and they yeah. just move everyone around. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident on him playing 80 minutes. All right, let's move to the Friday night games. Uh, first one's at 6 p.m. between the New Zealand Warriors and Newcastle Knights. We will be at the Grand Hotel in Armidale with Kempi and Maddie for Bloke and a Bar on the country tours. Kind of excited? Kind of excited. <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Oh, yeah, I know. Mate, it's, it's going to be the f best weekend. I can't wait to get out of the country, just talk footy, talk super coach with fans out there of, of the great game and drink beers, watch footy. I mean, does it get any better? Yeah. I reckon we might uh, take a beers and break even chat with us in the first super coach question we get. You might get one just quietly. That's so, a good shout. Yeah, we're throwing it out to you. If you're a super coach fan and you're going to be in Armadale, come and find me in the paddle pop line and we can talk some super coach. You get yourself a little hat. How good. All right. New Zealand versus Newcastle, 6 p.m. I believe this one's coming to you from Wellington. Uh, the Warriors, a lot of excitement around Jackson Ford. Talk about him soon. Uh, I think that with Curran sitting on the bench, I think with Barnett in the front row, I think with Walker coming on to play a middle role, I think that it's a fantastic win for Ford to be starting on the edge. 
Does it lock him in for big minutes? I'm far from convinced. I think he could be a little bit of a trap. And I've got him in my draft team, so I'm high on him. But I just think there's a lot of other things to consider there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, a few stats around Jackson Ford. I, I'm calling trap. As you said, there are so many forwards at the Warriors. There's talk of Mitch Barnett spending time on the edge. We think Murata Niakore is probably a big minute edge player. Could also spend with time in the middle. Curran on the bench. But even his output, mate, I, I'm not convinced. I just think last season... He averaged 33 points in 26 minutes. You know, that's okay. A bit over a point per minute. Season before, oh, sorry, 2020, averaged 47 minutes for 41 points, which is, you know, less than one PPM, not terrific. In 2019, 64 minutes for 43 points, which is a horrific PPM. I don't know, players develop, things change over years. You get better, you know, your output might um, change, but... I just don't see, even with increased minutes, which I don't necessarily think he'll get, if their points are going to be there. So I, I'm I'm not convinced at all. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, and I'm just trying to get the stats up live as we go. I've always considered Jackson Ford to be a pretty good, uh, when, he, when he plays big minutes, he can score pretty well. Um, you know, when you go back to 2021, there was four games in a row there where he started, he played, and this is without scoring any tries or any attacking stats. Um, <laughs> so round 11, Started in 2021, started for the Dragons, uh, played 59 minutes, scored 60. The week after that, played 60 minutes, scored 67. Week after that, 67 minutes for a 51. Week after that, 43 minutes for a 47. So I, I think that some of those numbers are a little bit skewed by games that he plays lesser minutes in. I think he's a guy that, that when, when he gets good minutes, he can actually score pretty well I've, I've see that goes completely against the grain because when you play less minutes your output's meant to increase and your percent should increase so i don't i don't get it yeah but um and you know I, i've been saying for years on the <coughs> podcast i think jackson ford is so underutilized mm. it's not even funny you have a look at you know the back end of the 2020 season 59 minutes 56 points 63 minutes 64 points 67 minutes for 30 points, to be fair. 50 minutes for 58 points, 72 minutes for 50 points, and it's all in base. There's no attacking stats there. So I, I'm i a little bit higher on Jackson Ford. If we get to the end of this weekend and he plays 70 minutes and there's no HIAs, there's no injuries, there's no reason why that occurred, I actually don't mind him. But there are so many other guys in that. T- I think you're very bold to start with him. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Well, we spoke about for 100k more Trent Loyero, who we think could play 80 minutes. You go down another 50k to yep. the Eels edge back rowers, uh, who, you know, we think probably at better minutes as well. They're just better buyers. As you said, if he comes out this week and plays 65 to 80 and kills it, sweet, we can buy him. But on face value, I just see. Red flags everywhere. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. Oh, I think there's a lot to overcome there still. Um, all right, let's have a look at the Newcastle Knights. No Greg Marshew. My mail is that there's an injury there. I think you'll see him in the next two weeks. Uh, there's a lot going around about them favouring Heimel Hunt. I don't think that's true. So uh, it doesn't really help us for classic, realistically. But if you are a draft player out there, don't fucking hit the panic stations. Mm. I had a few people message me go, I already dropped him. I'm like, God. why? He wasn't named in New South Wales Cup, but it's evident that he's not out yeah. of favour. If he was out of favour, they would give him a list of things to fucking work on and put him in cup. Yeah, he didn't just kill the trial and, you know, score a try, bust nine tackles, look, you know, defensively solid enough, and then gets demoted to Ron Massey Cup. It's wild. So it's obviously injury related. Yeah. So I think on that front, Heimel Hunt coming in, uh, really good value. We spoke about this a few weeks ago. He's at a really good price. He's a decent player, Heimel, especially if he lands on that left edge. He'll score tries. He's got he's got decent base of like mm. 30 or so. Uh, I think he's a trap, though. What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I said 
more than likely gone next week with Marju back. Yeah. If Marju is back, I should say so. No. Uh, Kurt Mann named at 13. Elliot on the bench. Elliot's obviously been carrying a groin injury. This is one of the many team lists I'm expecting to change just before kickoff. And if not, I think Elliot will be at 13 next week. Exactly right, mate. I expect Ads to be 13 this week, but if not this week, next week. Yeah. Uh, Hetherington's on the bench as well. Uh, I just think we've got better options than Hetherington to go to. What does what does the what does the bench make up say? And let's let's say Adam starts lock and Kurt Mann goes uh, to it's interesting. So, if Kurt Mann drops to the bench, does Phoenix Crossland drop out? I think Surely. so. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's say Adam starts at lock. Kurt Mann goes to the bench, and you know Brody Jones might come on for Phoenix Crossland. What does that say to you? That'd be a four forward bench, obviously. What does that say to you around people keen on the Saifidi brothers? Uh, I, <clears throat> mate, for me. This will sound fucking stupid. For me, That's the Saifidi brothers... <laughs> consistency's key. <laughs> the Saifidi brothers, for me, it's not a minutes thing. It's a fucking... Are they going to yeah. go or not? Uh, to be honest with you, like, between them getting 40 and 60 minutes, ugh, it doesn't not matter, but I don't give a fuck. I just want to see them go fucking hard, and I haven't seen it in the trial, so I couldn't possibly pick them. I don't know if it was Playbook Podcast or this podcast. I thought it was this podcast with you last week, maybe, and we were talking about Daniel Saifidi, and we read out his numbers, and his better season's one where he played less minutes. Yeah. So it's as I said, it's not minutes and role dependent. We know you'll play the around the fifty odd mark. It's what's the output going to be, mate? If I if I'm sitting on that Newcastle bench this week and I'm Jack Hetherington and Leo Thompson, mm. Leo Thompson I believe has had a huge preseason. Mm. Jack Hetherington's fucking mad as a cut snake. <laughs> if I'm those two, I, I would be sitting there going, "Fuck, we can up what these two are doing here. We can really establish ourselves here." So I'm I'm very excited to see Leo Thompson. I don't think he'll get the minutes now, but I reckon as the season goes on, he might be a guy that we talk about. But the Saifedi boys, mate, I, I can't do it until I see it. Sorry, mate. I just had a little vision when you said Mad is a cut snake of us being out, out in the regional areas <laughs> over the next few weeks and a snake like crawling about 15 metres away from you and you squealing like this little city girl. Sorry, mate. Like, I do remember the photo shoot watching someone running around the farm with their shoe off complaining of ants, I do recall. Who, Matty Buxton? Are you, my friend? <laughs> Me? <laughs> Something in my shoe. Mate, I was running to get the beers in the fridge for us because <laughs> it was 35 degrees. Yeah, they came out 34 degrees. What a treat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we done with Warriors Newcastle? Oh, bloody bit. Snake minutes. in my boots. 10 minutes Rattle ago. stations. All right. Panthers <laughs> versus Brisbane coming to you 8 a.m. from Bluebet Stadium, I think it is. Bluebet. Penrith, yep. Uh, we've got the Penrith Panthers. Taruva's been named on the wing. Jesse McLean, who I was hoping he'd get a bait there. He's in New South Wales Cup starting there. Your boy, Lukey Garner, on the edge. Sonny Luke in the 14. Zach Hosking in the 18. I will just point out, the Panthers, their entire extended bench has been named in New South Wales Cup this week, except one Zach Hosking. So a little spot to keep an eye on and I am very, very nervous about Luke Garner because I think Hosking could take his spot very, very quickly. Thoughts? If So with Hosking not named in New South Wales Cup, I assume he can still go back? Uh, potentially, but they will need an 18th man, yeah, so I assume that'll yeah. be him. Yeah. So that's it, even if he doesn't. I'm, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't surprise me if he came and replaced James and Salmon come game day. Yep. Um, <clears throat> it's a tough one because I'm going to keep faith in Luke Garner. Obviously, there is job security issues, but I'm going to keep faith. I just really want Hosking to stay 18th man because if he's on the bench, you know, does he come and play 20 minutes? You know, potentially. So, big watch. I've liked Garner for a number of years. Yeah, there's some question marks, but I'm going to back him in. 
Yep, fair shout. The um, <clears throat> Yeah, so he hasn't been named in New South Wales Cup. They do play 525 on Friday, so we will know that for sure. But I'm pretty confident he'll be 18th man, if not in the side. Um, Zach Hosking. So a he's, spot, a, he's a pretty solid 18th man, yeah. A very solid 18th man. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm avoiding Garner. We'll talk about him soon. But I, I just don't think his job security is there. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Reese Walsh. Out. Selwyn Cobbo in at fullback. Jesse Arthurs comes in. Outside of that, anything to really touch on with this Broncos side? Not really, mate. My, just, my advice is people are saying, you know, Selwyn Cobbo, pod, fullback and that, whatnot. And the same advice to everyone considering Cobbo. Just make sure you pick him as the winger that he is because Walsh probably comes back next week yep. and Cobbo becomes a winger again. Now, you can absolutely make a case for Selwyn Cobbo. He's a gun. But do so knowing that he's a winger who will play a bit of fullback when Walsh is out. So just don't let that fullback mirage get in the way. I think there's a really good chance he scores more on the wing than he does at fullback, yeah, to be honest with you. every her. chance. Outside with... Um Adam, when Adam Reynolds is on the field, he yep. scores a stack of tries on that edge. So, all right, Super Saturday. Oh, saying that gets me wet. How fucking good. <laughs> uh, Manly versus Dogs, 3 p.m. coming here from Brookvale Oval. Tommy Trevojevich named. How good. Cannot wait to watch him run around doing, doing his thing again. 3 p.m. at Brookvale. It is Tommy Turbo o'clock, isn't it? How good is this going to be? Yeah. How exciting. Tommy Turbo, hopefully in full flight. You know, how does he return? You know, does he does he ease himself back? I'm guessing not. I think he'll go hammer and tong. Uh, I, I'm so excited. Like everyone is to see Tommy Turbo this weekend. So please, Super Coach, NRL, general gods, keep this bloke fitting on the field. Yeah, and just on that, for a lot of people, you know, there's obviously a lot of people that are new to Supercoach this year. I've received so many messages of people playing for the first year, and a lot of I'm finding a lot of people that are new are saying, Oh, don't know about Turbo because of the injury. Just pick him. He's so cheap. Just pick him. If he does well, your season's over. If he gets injured, you're in the same boat as everyone else. For just don't now think the room. For context, he's priced at like a, what, 550K average. He's priced at, what is he, 570 or something? Yeah. 570K. It's like a 53 average for, or something. For context yeah. for new players, he scored 141. Uh, sorry, average 141 in 2021. Record-breaking NRL stat season, yada, yada, yada. Him and Nathan Cleary that season were the only people to ever average over 100. Cleary was about 108 or so. People were paying up over a million dollars for him this time last year, knowing full well that he had injury concerns and all sorts of things because he's that good. He's half that price this year. Just yeah. get him. And he's got to buy round two, and I don't care. <laughs> Just get him. Don't. Where did he go in your draft? Uh, he went number three. He went number three. We actually had um, so like we, we each have a our pick, and then you get to choose where you draft. So mm. I went one. The guy that had two, he went two. Stevie, and then pick number three. He actually picked number four or number five. So the bloke that had I think pick six, he actually ended up with Turbo. Came from nowhere. Mm. So he spent the last three months stressing over Munster. Latrell, yeah, and all of a sudden fucking got Turbo. Wait, where did you rank Turbo in your list? I would have taken him third. Yeah. Yeah, but of course we drafted Saturday morning. I put out that thing about Nico Hines Saturday morning mm. about him getting injured. So I sent poor little Stevie into a little bit of a spin, <laughs> which I, I think he thought I was trying to fuck with him at first, but because yeah. I put my whole business on the line of screwing with Steve's head. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a very interesting day how it all played out with Turbo. Uh, the guy that got Turbo, fuck, how ballsy is this? He got Turbo. Then on the way back down, he got KP. 
here the wins it by a country mile yeah. or gets a spoon by a country yeah. mile one of the two I don't know which way it's going to play out um, for Can uh, for Manly as well no Josh Schuster we knew that John's at six uh, Tupelagi on that edge spot um, I already spoke about Greg Marshew just being one of those guys that something always goes wrong yeah. I get these vibes about Kelmer what are your thoughts yeah he, he sort of he had his moments obviously he was a po- extremely popular cheapy last season he just didn't hit the heights that we hoped did yep. he and and I don't know. I, I was, you know, he looks damaging enough, but I was just, I was never convinced by him. And that's not a knock on him as a footballer because I think it was his, essentially his first year in the NRL. He's young. Uh, he's maturing into an NRL player. He could be a star and he looked terrific in the trials, but I just, I want to see more. Yep. So do I. Uh, Kepi uh, named in the 13 jersey. Um, see a guy we'll talk about a little bit later in a bit more depth. What do you want to do that now? Um, Let's talk about Kepi now because yep. we'll, we'll, we had a big deep dive into the cheapies on the SC Playbook podcast last night, but we will touch on a few of the, the key and my key buys from it this year. But let's touch on Kepi now. I suppose, firstly, is he in your team? He's in my team at the moment, but depending on how the next 45 seconds goes, he could be out of there very quickly. <laughs> so shoot. So obviously Franklin Pele, who we will get to later, his stocks have risen with the injury to Luke Thompson. Sean Kepi priced on a 26-point average from 32 minutes last season. Season prior, averaged 40 points in 47 minutes, possibly around the game time that we could expect him getting this year. So if he was on trend with that, you know, you might see a 15-point increase, which is solid, but he needs to play 47 minutes. He scored at 0.82 and 0.86 points per minute the past two seasons, which is pretty ordinary. So I really think for him to make any sort of decent coin, he needs to be playing 45-plus minutes, which at starting lock he, he could definitely get. But there's very little upside, and he needs those minutes. So, you know, Jake Jaboyevich is playing prop, but he'll play the minutes of a lock, I assume. He'll be playing, what, I think so. 65 yeah. to 80? I'm just not going to... At 274K, he's dirt cheap. So you're not going to go wrong. I just... I can see him being a bit of a, a super coach plotter. He could be a painful guy, couldn't he? Yeah, just sitting there, you know, scoring 30 every week that you can't play in your 17 because it's yeah. achieving nothing. And it's like, even with someone like Pele who, you know, minutes will probably be limited enough, but say Pele were to play his 30, 35 minutes, at least he'll be an offloading, tackle-busting, maybe jade the occasional trial line break sort of thing. There's some upside to Kepi. I just don't see it. Yeah. And I, I've had a lot of people say, oh, yeah, but Kepi's dual. <clears throat> when you're talking front row forward, I don't know if it matters. No. I don't, like, I don't give a fuck. Exactly. So, yeah, like, he's an interesting look how many awesome, <clears throat> Look how many awesome back rowers there are. I'm, I'm turning away so many great back rowers. So, Kepi, Kepi he's not going to be – if I'm picking him, it's going to be my front row. Front row, yeah. Like I said, I don't think he's a bad buy by any means. It's just there are a few decent ones who have emerged. Uh, Burbo also named on the bench there. Uh, not relevant at the moment, but <laughs> the day is coming. We know we'll be talking Burbo this at season. At some point, we will Frequently. be talking Burbo. Yeah. Um, all right. Canterbury. Hayes Perham named at one. Uh, this is a hill I'm glad we died on a couple of weeks ago. I still couldn't consider Hayes Perham. And I think that thankfully there's been other options that I think are better anyway. Mm. Yeah. Is, um, again, need, need to see something first before even looking at recruiting him. Uh, Matty Burton, I believe, Ad was saying last night on the podcast that 
Uh, I think he was crook in, in okay. that second trial. and you know, It was more of a training run just to get some Ks in the legs, but hence why I took a bit of a back seat. Just an instant one to know because it made a bit of sense because we all went cold on it him. It was a weird time. back seat, wasn't so that, it? That's yeah. why. I've still gone cold on him. I'm heading in a different direction, but <clears throat> good to know. Yeah, He probably becomes a little bit of a pod now. He absolutely becomes a pod. Very interesting. Um, Alamotti named it setter. Uh, now, Luke Thompson... I think Gus came out and said last night he could be looking at a six-month recovery. So that could be season Red Rover there for Luke Thompson. Fuck, it's been a brutal couple of years for him, hasn't it? He can't take a trick, can he, the yeah. poor buggers? We got here last night. Ads DeRussi's obviously on the, on the board at the Doggies. He loves that club. And he was just shattered. And this was before the news came through. <clears throat> Pardon me. He'd been... Injured that morning at training. They said, oh, it doesn't look good, but, you know, there wasn't talk of it sort of being season-ending. Hadge was just, like, so distraught. And then the news came through mid-pod and his just head just dropped. So, poor doggies, after... There's still so much promise for them, but out of nowhere, they've had to bring in young Jaden Tanner from outside the top 30 to get it. They got an exemption to get him in because TPJ's gone, Luke Thompson's gone. So, awful news for the dogs and them boys. Great news for Supercoach. Great news for Supercoach, 100%. Um, Sutton, mate, he starts. He's obviously a Canberra boy. I, I, I haven't run huge numbers on him. I, I assume that you, you would know a little bit better, but I always felt like when he does get decent <coughs> minutes, he goes okay. Yeah, he's, he is exactly... You, you get what you see. Yeah. So his last three seasons, average minutes, 42, 51, 45. He's average those seasons, 42, 52, 46. He's a tick over a point per minute averaging player. Uh, he could, I mean, minutes could emerge for him. Well, not could. They will emerge for him now they've had these injuries through the middle. So, look, again, at 446k, there's just no upside to him. There's no real offload, tackle busting, try scoring ability to him. So, I won't be getting him, but he's one who could easily improve on that price and his minutes from last season. For sure. The, the other one there is... And again, not like, won't be started with him, but Maxi King. Mm-hmm. Like, he was so good last year. He was rock so- I think I might have started the... I think we all started with Maxi King last year. And then I think he was in my side at the end of the year just because never he just held his own, did a job. I think we both held period. him the whole year. Yeah, yeah. and like with... with I mean, it's opening up here. Who needs a Latrell Mitchell when you got a Maxi King? <laughs> <It's a lighter. laughs> Mr. Reliable. So, yeah. And he is a bloke with a really good offload on him, a big motor... You know, he could be the one in a month's time we're talking about going, he's playing 60 minutes and punching out good starts and offloading three times a game and averaging 60-plus. Yeah, and uh, Gus said the other night, that there, or last night, that there would be no <laughs> salary cap relief either. So this is them. Mm. This is who they are. So very interesting. This Tanner, apparently, I haven't seen him play, but I've had a few people message me saying that his workload is very good. So it'll be interesting to see how, how he works into this side. Uh, New Brown at 13, Preston on the bench with Pele. I am expecting... This to change, I don't think New Brown will start in the 13. We've got a little theory. You want to run us through how you think this will play out? Mm. Yeah, I, I think one of two things. Either they go with a sort of a bigger bodied middle starting at 13, like about what someone comes off the bench, say, but I just think there are such big wraps on Jacob Preston that... Like, I, I believed in the preseason that Faye Taylor Mariner was going to start on the edge and then move to lock when, say, TPJ or someone went off anyway. Does this not force the hand that Raymond starts at lock and Preston starts on the edge? I think it might. 
The interesting thing is from all the tape I've seen of Preston, he's been a left-edge back row. So they would have to shift him to the right, obviously, because of Viliami Kikau. It's the only thing I think will be interesting. Um, but I, I don't think that'll be a huge issue. He did play left edge in the trial the other day <laughs> as well, obviously. Uh, but I think that's a really good shout. The new brown at 13, <coughs> I, I, I don't quite get it. No, me either. And look, even if he does, Preston does stay on the bench, does he come on and play 60 straight? He could. So yeah. when I talked about going against the starting Eels edges, I've got Preston in my team at the moment. Bit cheaper, not even starting, but well, at the moment, huge upside too. <coughs> Massive upside. How about um, New, New Brown? I had a few questions around him. I was like, I said straight away trap. Then I was like, oh, you know, maybe if he does start there and he's he's becomes the ball playing lock or whatever. He's four hundred and sixty k. Blew my mind. Yeah, well, he came on for the Tigers. I think he scored a try in his first game and he scored a few others. So, uh, But, yeah, you couldn't possibly be considering New Brown. Um, anything on Canterbury, mate? Obviously, Preston, Pele, all guys to consider. Yeah. I just... The injuries have forced Preston, uh, Pele into my team and not definitely Preston, but probably Preston into my back row as well. Yeah. Uh, we sort of brushed over Alamossi there. We'll talk about him very soon. Uh, let's move to the Cowboys versus the Faders at 5.30pm in North Queensland. For the Cowboys, this 17, as we anticipated, Cohen Hess, big Ivan Drago on the edge. You know he started on the edge in, I think, four of the last five seasons and ended up as a middle forward. Just happens every single year. Now, my favourite thing was when, when me and Matty did our Cowboys uh, best 17. Matty said, oh, I think Cohen Hess will start there. And he got one of the best sprays in the comments by some Dribble live ever fucking seen. <laughs> Gone very hush-hush since. So, shout-out to the great Matty Buxton. Uh, Cowboys, mate, is there anything to touch on here? This team list was really as exactly as we anticipated. Very straightforward, mate. Yep. Just ran a, a squad breakdown for the Cowboys on the Playbook website during the week. Priced on 38-point average from 39 minutes last season. Obviously, as a middle, so PPM increased. Season prior, averaged 52 minutes for 40 points. A few, I, I think, with Hess... People are just looking back to his try scoring spree and was at 2019 or whatever when he had that big breakout and season. What a spree it was. Just could not stop the big yeah. fella scoring tries. Even in that season, averaged 73 minutes for 58 points. So I think that's just in the back of people's minds. Is he going to recreate it? Like, no. Or maybe. They've got a soft run. The Cowboys are awesome. So possibly, but I just think at around that that uh, tier, price tier, there's way better options. Maybe, but I'm buying stocks in new. Yeah. Okay, Canberra Raiders, Seb Chris named at one. Uh, Jordan Rapana on the wing. Harley Smith Shields in the centres. Uh, I still think there's potential for Rapana to switch back to fullback, but that doesn't really affect anyone in classic. Mate, how good to see Harley Sexy Shields, but... Yes, uh... Kempi and Shandor did their... Oh, there's a heap of moisturiser and yeah, shit over here from that show. The, the uh, Blade FC team team of the year. And might I would be a get, smoky for captain on yeah, Harley. Yeah, I dare say Harley got a, a prominent role in that. So back in at centre, 300k as well. Uh, would have preferred him on the wing because higher work rate, mm. more chance for scoring tries. Again, just lots of great CT dubs. I reckon there's a good chance he could end up on the wing, to be honest with you. If Rapana moves there, Seb Chris will move to the centre. I think Chris will play fullback. You reckon? Yeah. I'm hearing it might be a little bit of a shifty, but we'll see how it plays out. Taking on my Canberra insights, mate. Please. Fucking please. <laughs> um, 
Pasami Solo, named in the front row. We spoke about him a little bit in the preseason, sort of just being a huge body with potential from Newcastle. Uh, I'm sure the Newcastle Knights will be stoked they let another forward go and he turns out to be half decent. Um, we've got a question on him, so we'll talk about him soon. How about, how about I saw that rogue name, Kurt Donahue, pop up at the Dolphins? I was like, who is Kurt Donahue? Did a bit of research in him, obviously he's a, a hooker. Newcastle Junior. I was yeah, like, oh, no. Yeah. He played in their last trial. He actually looked okay. I'm still very surprised. Yeah. But anyway. Um, then you've got CHN in the 13, Tapanay at prop. Obviously, no Josh Papali'i. So we're not exactly sure what this side will look like. I am very confident, and I'm more than happy to lean into your Canberra Raiders mail here. I'll be shocked if this 1-17 to runs out as they are right now. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I am... Um I'm doing, I did, did last year as well, but doing the, the early and late mail for the Telegraph and I haven't actually dug up the, the late mail as such for this week. So I need to, need to make a few calls and see what we can find out there. Uh, 17 phone calls coming my way. Great. <laughs> yes, Tim. Big phone bill racked up this week, mate. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I've expected all pre-season Emre Gula or Corey Horsburgh to play lock. We saw Joe Tapney play there in the preseason trials. Obviously, Josh Papali'i is out. Solo starts. I mean, firstly, Solo trap. Does he even start? If he does start and, say, CHN stays 13, Corey Horsburgh last year would come on and after about 25 minutes and basically play 55 straight. So I just think Solo, particularly Papali'i coming back, I think he's a trap for starters. CHN, I think if he starts, I just don't know how much his minutes change. Sweet, he might play big minutes this week with Big Papa out, but they've just got so many middle forwards. Emre Gula had a, a great preseason, so he's going to get decent minutes there, I believe. So, yeah, I, I just wouldn't be going near anyone in that pack outside of Joe Tapney, who, again, nothing changes around him, but Big Papa out can only mean good things for his minutes. CHN is like the Riddler of the Supercoach world. Mm. I have no fucking idea what's going on there. It changes every single week. He can do everything, but they use him for nothing. Yeah, if, like, if he cemented a big-minute role, he'd be the first pick for everyone. He'd be yeah. unbelievable. Crazy. All right, uh, let's move to the late game on Saturday night. We've got the Sharkies taking on the Bunnies. Uh, I think this one, outside of Hines being out, pretty boring game, super coach wise Not a heap unexpected things or relevant things. You've obviously got Wilton. He's been named on the edge. We thought that would happen. It's going to be a watch to see how Wade comes on the field. Um, I guess the big question is Hines. It'd be crazy to start with him, right? I can't believe people are thinking about it. So, even before he was ruled out, when it, the, the news came through, good scoop, by the way, mate. I mean, you, you were very, you were very weak and on the fence. That I oh, reportedly might have just stressing <laughs> coming from King through. Splinter. Fucking please, <laughs> miss me. Um, but no, it was one of your better ones, mate. Uh, but like, as soon as that came out, I just went. I was already a little bit on the fence about buying him at nine hundred k, and then. Calf injury to be concerned about for a bloke who is so reliant on, you know, he's one of the most on-ball players in the game. And he, like his field coverage is second to none, essentially, in the NRL. If that calf niggle drops him 1%, you know, his output reduces. So as soon as that came out, I was not picking him in my side. And then when he didn't get named yesterday, well, like, people are still thinking about starting with him. What if he doesn't play next week and that's 900 I think there's games? a really good chance he doesn't start next week. I, I think Craig Fitzgibbon is trying to keep this low-key. I think it's. I, I think he could miss two to three weeks. Mm. Could be a little bit more. 
Yeah. I, like, like what I originally said was, you know, up to eight weeks. And it, they've come back and said it's less than that. They've said, oh, he'll be given up to, you know, captain's run. He wasn't named in the squad this week. They didn't even bother. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for a couple more weeks. Being a, what, what, what was it, a quad injury? Calf, Calf injury. Who's to say goal kicks when he comes back to? Like, would you, I don't know. I, I just, mm. I, I don't think the Cronulla Sharks, they've got so much depth everywhere else. He's the one guy they cannot afford to lose. I think they could take it really slow with Hines. Yep. And if he comes back week three, week four, sweet. He's got to buy three weeks after that. Yeah, exactly right. So Fuck, Imagine what you could do with that coin elsewhere. Do not, just don't start with him. Don't start with him. If, I he, come, if he returns next week and turns up, sweet. Like, I'll eat my words. And it's Nico Hines, he could. Yep. But it's just not worth it. Like, he could also turn up next week and then have average games the next two weeks and still lose money. Like he's that fucking price hole. And Terry's calf. Yeah, potentially. Uh, T. Wilton, mate. Four forward bench. Now, look, I'm under the impression Wade Graham will play through the middle, but they've got a four middle bench. Do we think Wilton goes It's alarming, Hager? isn't it? And then look, it's funny because I had Wilton in my team all preseason and in my predicted teams, I had the four forward bench. Obviously, Royce, Royce the choice hunts out. Four forward bench, all middles. Where... Like, it's concerning. <laughs> Very concerning. That's oh, concerning without a doubt. Yep. Yeah. Especially because Britain Nakora will play 80. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to assume so. I mean, it also puts a line through anyone who's looking at Hamlin Ueli as a cheapie, I think. Yeah. I, I don't think you could really have a look at it. And, and, like, the other thing, like, obviously, you've got Wade on the bench there. <coughs> like, I, I just think Cam McInnes has to come on through the middle. We know mm. that he can play 60 minutes. I. <sighs> I know he's a club legend and everything, but I just, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not sure if there's a spot in this side for Wade at the moment. Is he maybe just there as utility value? Can cover halves? Maybe. Can cover anywhere in the pack? Why wouldn't you pick Connor Tracy then? Like, I, I, yeah, think, I, I think Wade Graham is getting picked because he's Wade Graham, yeah. and out of respect, he should be. But if, if you're just going on paper and you take every, everything, all the context out and you're picking their best 17 of footballers running out this weekend, I'm not sure if I would have Wade in the side. Yeah. And I, I, fuck, I feel awful saying that. Oh, mate, it's a, it's a show. where are you going to pick? Where, where are you going to put it's him? It's a show of how good a position the club are in. Exactly like, right. Unbelievable. And that's credit to Wade. Yeah. He's brought all these guys through. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Have you got Teague? I, I do at the moment, yeah. Yeah, it's a worry, isn't it? Yeah. That being said... I drafted him on the weekend yeah, too. So. Yeah, that being said, if he plays 60, I still think he scores well. I'll tell you the other thing, with Nico Hines out, awesome fatigue because yep. Matty Moylan will get more ball on the left edge. Teague's going to get way more opportunities. Yep, I agree. Yep. Kind of against South Sydney, obviously, who, you know, pretty handy side. But I, I still think, Will, like, even if Wilson plays 60 minutes the entire oh, year... He'll also be running at Ilias. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yep. So, who, I like uh, it. Angus Crichton gave him a bath late last year. Yeah. Yeah. D- yeah. Ilias, his, his deep defence definitely improved as the season went on. But a, a guy like Wilton, he's, he's one of the better hole runners in the competition. Unreal. So. At the end of the day, as tough as Lockie Ilias is... He's an 85, 90 kilo halfback. Yep. He's, he's a small bloke. Going to Shark Park. Yeah. Tough gig. Um, yeah, so... Anytime try score. Get on it. Hello. <laughs> Rabbitohs. Um, mate, outside of Isaac Thompson, I don't think there's a stack to touch on here. Davian Wiley's on the bench. I've, I've been told by a couple of Rabbitohs mates that 
when Jacob Host is fit, mm. he's going to play on the left edge. Jairo is going to play in the middle. Personally, I'm not buying it. But if that does happen, that could hurt Moali. Harmsella has got to come back in. I really like Moali. I think he's got a huge future, but I'm not convinced if he's going to be a cheapy front row forward for me this year. I, I've got him at the moment, and I think I'll stick with him. When when we... Harm and Sele, how far away is he, do you think? I think he'll be back within three weeks. Okay, so in that time, I just only see decent minutes for him. Like, Blake Taff, obviously outside back cover. Michael Cheekham, he's... You know, he could play that host role at the moment where he goes to an edge and arrow goes to the middle... And that's fine. Shaq Mitchell, he's not going to play big minutes. Moali has to play decent minutes. I know it's only one week and you don't want to be caught out, but that's just for now. He's got a bit of attacking upside. Priced at 234k. What's not to say one of these other five forwards, six forwards doesn't go down injured in the next one, two, three weeks anyway. He could be a real slow burn, but he's priced from a, what, 22 points in 21 minutes per game last season. So, you know, if you can get to 30 to 40 minutes... What? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. I, I, I just, yeah. <laughs> I me like I just. No, no, I'm not waiting for you to finish. Sorry. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm just running it all through my head. Yeah. I, 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 what I was thinking was like at his price, I don't think he'll ever be a bad pick. I think like Kepi. Okay. Like he's like not going to be a bad yeah, pick, yeah, yeah. but yeah. is there better? That's what we're trying to work out, isn't it? Yeah, which we're we're not sure if there is realistically at ah. that price. So, so. That, and obviously Pele makes things interesting, but Big Davy, I just think there's decent minutes there, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to run it and. and Look, it's as I keep saying, it's so important to get these picks right and and not have to go in round three, Moali to Kepi, to get it right straight away because you save a trade. But the option's there. If I don't yep. start with Kepi, Kepi kills it, Moali struggles, boom, trade. Yep, fair shout. All right, uh, Isaac Thompson, did we talk about him yet or not? He's obviously on the wing. No. Um, we'll talk about our um, sits and starts a little bit later. Mm. I've got Thompson in my team. I'm not huge on playing CTWs going to Shark Park. It's just always a thing yeah. for me. Yeah. And he's not on the left side. He's on the right side. I still think he's in for a very good season. Mm. I, I want to have him, but a guy that I probably won't start this week. I've got him as well. I don't think I'll be starting him either. And it, he might be not so much a slow burn. It's just that the Bunnies have that tough draw early on. So I'm not super confident starting him in the next few weeks. But I do think there's plenty, hopefully plenty of money to be made in him. Tane Milne. I, I've heard that the club uh, love, particularly Demetrio, he's a big fan of Isaac Thompson and I believe he'll get every crack at that, making that wing roll his own, but there is the Tane Milne uh, shadow lurking. What Coming back next week from suspension, how do we see his job security? I think Isaac Thompson will hold on to it, mm. personally. Uh, I, <clears throat> I've always been a big fan of Tane, mate, but at some point... You've either got to stop the brain explosions yeah. or the club's got to take it out of his hands. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if we see Tane eventually become the Michael Cheekham coming off the bench yeah. as a bit of a utility middle forward sort of guy. He's such a talented player, Cheekham. Uh, Cheekham is as well, to be fair. Uh, but I just think on the wing, I think I would rather have Isaac Thompson there. Especially with Havili out. Can Milne just be that utility? Right, he's explosive middle. and as strong yeah. as fuck, Milne. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I, I almost think sometimes he's wasted on the wing. 
mm. to be honest with you. But you run the risk of yeah. all the other stuff, obviously. Um, all right, let's move to Sunday afternoon footy. Got the Dolphins playing in their first game against the Sydney Roosters. NRL doing them some flavours there. 4pm coming to you from Suncorp. Uh, the Dolphins, Isaiah Katoa has been named at six. You mentioned before Donahue in the 17 on debut. Gilbert at 13. Uh, I'm still not keen on Gilbert. Donahue, don't think the minutes are there. I'd rather Sonny Luke. Uh, Isaiah Katoa. He's the one we need to touch on now. Mm. I'm a huge fan of Isaiah. I think he's going to be a star in our game for a very long time. Milford is lurking. I think Isaiah defensively could get picked apart in the first few mm. weeks. I'd like to think that if Wayne is backing this kid in for round one, he would give him a number of weeks. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't. Mm. He might goal kick. It annoys me that Isako's in the team. He could goal kick over. Would, um, would he kick over O'Sullivan? Without a doubt, yes. He's a good kicker, good kicker. Yep. But, uh, like, uh, credit to Jermaine Osaka, he hits, hits him, him well. fucking, he's, he hits him like a four iron. So I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if he's going to be goal kicking. But Isaiah Katoa, if he does get goal kicking, becomes interesting. Hopefully we can find that out during the week. But I <laughs> debut first time at the club. Well, it's everyone's first time at the club. But first time in the NRL, <laughs> I think it would be a lot to hand him goal kicking. Mm. Round one But what are your thoughts Obviously dirt cheap Jewel I mean Put it this way If Josh Schuster was fit I just wouldn't be picking Katoa yeah. Even with Schuster's availability In the back row Because of all the two RFs I just wouldn't need him uh, So Like you he, I think he's a future superstar Katoa He's so good But I'm obviously low on the Dolphins this season This matchup is so difficult for him You know he might make 30 tackles because they'll send so much at him, but he might miss 15. Yeah. Um, so he's in my team at 5'8", back up 5'8". The, the way I see it is if he gets dropped for Mill for, you know, he scores 7 and 13 the first few rounds and job screws poor, whatever, you can just flip him to Schuster around 3 or 4 or whenever it might be. Best case, he comes out and pumps out, holds his own with 30 to 40 against the Roosters and then the next few weeks he can punch out, you know, 50, 60, 70... Uh, and he holds his spot there because the talent is immense. And he becomes a player that we, you know, make some good cash out of and cash in, you know, maybe two Josh Schuster uh, round six or so. So, yeah, Katoa's in my side for now. Just do not play him in your 17 this week. Whatever you do, there are better options. Yeah, I agree. Let me ask you this, mate. Um, I don't have him at 5'8 at the moment. I've gone a different direction. I've got him at halfback. If I said to you, Isaiah Katoa or Tanner Boyd, which which path would you send me down? Who are your 5'8s? Dewey and... Ponga. Dewey and Ponga. Uh, Tanner Boyd. Tanner. Yeah, I just think, you know, Tanner's... It's interesting because they're probably not too dissimilar, are they? They're, they're both goal-kicking halfbacks. Tanner's more experienced, but he's, you know, essentially, I suppose, a rookie... You know, well, his job security is pouring this side with Toby Sexton lurking around. So I just think the Titans look better than the Dolphins. We saw that in the trial, didn't we? He's got Fafita running off him. The Titans have a soft draw. I think Tanner, who we know will goal kick for this side, is a reasonable play in 17s each week. Uh, Katoa could be out within a week or two, and I don't want to play him in my 17. You know, it's 160-odd K more. It's not that much. Uh, so yeah I, I'd, I'd go Tanner Boyd 
Yeah, and as you said, mate, Katoa, he could make 30 tackles because they run at him, could miss a heap. Mm. He's also a very good ball runner. I actually think he'll stack up some pretty decent base stats mm. for the Dolphins, but the defense is just what worries me if he's going to hold that spot. Um, the Roosters, uh, no Joey Manu Suali'i uh, named at center. Um, Egan and Nat Butcher on the edges. It is a bit of a weird bench. Um, I, this is another side that I'm anticipating will probably change before their game on Sunday. How so, mate? Uh, I, I just think the bench is a bit odd. I'm not sure how it will change, but I, I just can't see them running out round one with that sort of a um, team list there. If they do, I'll tell you who uh, I actually find a little bit appealing, and I thought he looked great in the trials. Matty Lodge. I know. Very appealing. He's so good. Gets through such a big work rate. Uh, decent enough offload on him. Or oh, a good offload on him, I should say. 516K. Yeah. I mean, how how does the bench... <laughs> You're actually... When I look at the extender bench, I'm not sure how much they can actually change. That's what I mean. I'm yeah. like... So what is it about this bench that makes Lodge appeal to you? What's changed since this Well, I just out? don't think between Fletcher, Baker, White, Terrell May, I don't think any of those guys are more than 30-minute players. Mm. 25, 30-minute players. So I, I think... Like, I'm not going to start with Lodge, but I think that there is a little bit of upside there that is appealing. Um, Baker White may all middles or will any of them spend... Could any of them spend... They're all middles. They're all, they'll all be on the middles, I think, oh, which helps Egan Regan. Butcher, so, so tempting. Very, very Another tempting. Another 2RF I need to squeeze But you have in. still got my boy Joshy Wong in the 21 on the bench there. He could yeah, come in. Um, cool. Mate, Hacho. Mm. Nine? What are we... Has to be. Yeah. Said, we don't think Cheese is going to go 80, so... I just think... Is there a world where you play rads there? Put it this way. Like, someone mentioned that there might might have been a quote about from Robbo or something saying, yeah, that, that Cheese is still going to be like a 30-minute hooker, 30 minutes in the middle as a, like a lock. But the, like the way that team's been named, Hutcho's got to come on and... Hutcho or Radley's got to spell Cheese at nine for 20-odd yeah. to give him a break, which means Cheese, you know, potentially 60-odd as a hooker. Robbo did say the other day as well, I heard him say that like he's not ruling out the potential of Cheese being an 80-minute hooker eventually. So I, I, to be honest with you, I don't think Robbo's worked out yet exactly how he wants this On to On that out. quote, and again, it's, it's one small quote, I'm, yeah. I'm jumping to conclusions, but on that quote, I just wondered, is Cheese just exclusively hooker then? They've named three middle forwards on the bench. Yeah. And haven't picked Jake Turpin, who we thought would be there. Drew Hutchinson, who's sure he can play nine for a little bit to give him a spell, but you know you don't want him. I think looking at that team, Cheese probably plays sixty at hooker. I'm uh, I'm not ruling out Jake Turpin coming into this side. Yeah, yet either. Um, it's a bit awkward with the Roosters because they've got um, they've got two feeder clubs. They've got the Bears, and then they've got their um, Sydney Roosters side. And the Bears haven't named a side yet. The Roosters have named half. Of, uh, the Roosters have named three out of their 17 players for reserve grade. So not much to go off there. So it's hard to tell what... I wouldn't be surprised if Turpin takes Hacho's spot, though, in this side. Me either. I thought he would have been there in the first place. Just just, just name him there. If that's the case, stop yeah, pissing I, I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of coaches trying to trick a lot of people out there, and I don't know if it's... I don't know. just yeah. seems a bit odd to me. But anyway... I mean, um, it doesn't change Cheese anyway. He's in my team, and I'd prefer Turpin not to be there, but either way... 
Yeah, whatever. All right, uh, Tigers v Titans, 6.15 from Leichhardt Oval for the Tigers. Tommy Talao has been named at centre, a guy that I had in my team a few weeks ago. I think better options have emerged. Appy has been named at nine, but uh, you've obviously got Simkin <clears throat> in the 14. Oh, man, I've had a weird amount of messages about Appy, and it makes no sense to me <clears throat> whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, he like, firstly, he didn't play the trials, new club, new combinations. Simkin on the bench. If Simkin stays on the bench, Appy, I assume, probably doesn't play 80. At least not early in the season. He could absolutely become an 80-minute hooker. We know he can do it, but we saw the way he was used at Penrith back end of last year with Mitch Kenny starting. So if Simkin's there, yeah, every chance he's not. So, yeah, not for me, Appy. Sean Bloor named on the edge. No Johnny Bateman yet. Hasn't this John Bateman situation oh, just folded Lord. out in the most Tigers way fucking yeah. possible? He arrives four days before the season kicks off. He arrives with an ankle injury. Then you've got the other fella coming out and saying, no, 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 he's all good. He's all sweet to go. She, I, Sheen said niggling ankle injury. And then what's his name? Lee. Lee, Hannes, yeah. Whatever it's called. Um, one of the big dogs at the Tigers. And he came out saying, no, no. And he spoke about, you know, the Tigers medical. Sorry, the, the medical he had back at Wigan. It was all clear. Then they gave the medical here. Nothing had changed. And then he's all good to go. And it's not injury related. It's like, what? Does no one at this club speak to each other? <laughs> it's it's bizarre. <laughs> Mate, every time I see an article from, from that Lee, I feel like heating up some popcorn. There's always going to be something <laughs> going on. They're very hard to get a read on the Tigers. I I understand why Bloor's appealing, but surely Bateman comes in and just screws that over at any given moment. I think so, mate. Like, I don't know what the go is, if it's in niggly injury or whatever, but he's just arrived from England where it'll be, they'll be freezing their tits off over there to an Aussie summer. Well, not anymore. March 1 today? February. cold, March but... March yeah. 1, yeah. Uh, you're not going to send a player out there to play, especially big minutes, if at all, within a couple of weeks of arriving. You've got to acclimatise to the very different conditions. So I'm not surprised he's not there. And provided the angle's okay, I just think he slots back into the back row in a week or two. Bloor could be our little Batman, though, if, uh, if he keeps Bateman on the bench. Or, like, if he plays limited minutes for the first few weeks, we could get him cheap. If he look, if yes, he passes yeah, the eye yeah. test, it could be worthwhile in a couple of weeks. I just thought it was interesting too. Uh, Asukapoa, the CTW, we did note that in the yes. game the other day, he looked big as a house, not in a bad way. He just looked like a monster. Uh, he's been named on the bench. It looks like they're going to use him as a bit of a um, roaming forward. I was I trying think. to work this out last night so because I was thinking, great news for Utakamadu. They've named yep. an outside back on the bench with Jake Simpkin. So... Again, let's see what this team does come, you know, it's the last game of the round, so it doesn't help us in terms of plays for Stefano and trying to work out his minutes. But, yeah, just that roaming middle, I suppose. Love that. Because you're not going to really have Simkin in and outside back there. Mm. All right, Gold Coast Titans, Calm Pierre named on the wing. How good? Boyd at seven, Foz at six for Fita Edge, mm. all as expected. I thought it was interesting, Isaac Liu in the 13, Aaron Clark on the bench, not how I expected it to go. Might change before kickoff at the same time. If Aaron Clark's going to play the last 50 minutes, I actually don't mind them just playing power forward early. Yeah, it's a tactic we've seen come more and more in in the last few years in the NRL, isn't it? With just playing the big boys early, get through that big work, the, the hard yards of the game where, you know, it, it is an early grind. And then when the game starts to open up and forwards in particular fatigue and there's gaps in and around the ruck and you bring in these fleet-footed little blokes uh, like Aaron Clark. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind it as well. Um, as far as the bench goes, Mo Fodawaka, Joe Stimson, Aaron Clark, Jaden Campbell. Love this for Tino. 
Yeah, so Clark for obviously middles can both play big minutes. Joe Stimson, more of an edge forward, but will probably play through the middle because I suspect Fermore and Fafita are both play 80. So, yeah, I mean, the Jaden Campbell bit there is obviously great for Tino, isn't it? Yeah, And then Joey sure. Stimson, uh, he's not going to play big minutes there. No. no. All right. Um, they are our team list done for round one. Now we have got uh, a little deep dive here from the great Timmy Williams. Anti-potting, what do you got for us? Yeah, mate. So we're going to try and just do a bit of a deep dive into a certain topic each and each and every week on the Beers and Breakevens podcast. And this one, I'm just going to sort of jot down during the week things that, that pop up to me. And one that's come to me during the preseason is just people just around antipods. Uh, now, as you know, pod, point of difference, stands for, you know, going against the pack. Antipod is essentially you have the most owned player and super coach. You want to go against the pack and say, not go Nathan Cleary. I see lots of questions saying, you know, let's take Clear as an example. Clear is, you know, 50, 60% owned. I see a great opportunity with, you know, a few tough games to Penrith early on to go against Nathan Cleary because if he goes poorly, then, you know, I get the jump on the rest of the pack. And I just think, great, that's the point of an antipod, finding a bit of opportunity. But you have to genuinely believe that it's a good trade and not do it because a dude is highly owned. Um, and, and I think... Probably Val Holmes is a better example. And I know Val isn't at enormous ownership, but he's pretty high and a pretty popular pick. If you want to go against Val Holmes, do it because you think that he could start slow, that teams will be up for the challenge early in the season. The Raiders, you know, might put it to the Cowboys round one and that Val Holmes last season had X amount of scores under 40 or 50 points. And, you know, if he starts with that again, he'll drop a bunch of coin and and you just don't believe that he's going to start as well as his price tag suggests. But if you're sitting there and going, well, Cowboys soft draw, we know what his ceiling is, I think the Cowboys are going to start hot and Val's going to score really well. But... If he doesn't, you know, that's the jump I get on the rest of the pack. It makes no sense to me, mate. Like, you have to 100% believe that the person you're going against is going to start slow. Antipotting is not a gut or vibe call. No. You have to be able to back it up with proper reasoning. Exactly right. And I feel like the most experienced supercoach, myself included at times, I'll see a play at high range and go, shit, you know, if you go against that and he fails or, you know, get to HIA or something, then here we go. But then, yeah, no, 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 like... All the data and the eye test and everything says they're popular for a reason, and I believe that as well. Yeah. So just every time you go to antipod a popular player, just sit back and go, am I doing this because it's the right decision, or am I doing it because, yeah. Yep, completely agree, mate. Great shout there. Uh, let's talk cheapies. Now, you went through these on the Supercoach Playbook podcast last night. Mm. Took a deep dive into them. Mate, I just want you to tell me cheapies. Who are the must-have guys? Give me the list. For someone out there that's building their team, trying to get it sorted, who do they need to have? Yeah, so I don't think you need to think twice about Hopgood, Warbrick, Khan Pereira, Taruva, and Alamotti. They're the five that you just lock and load into your team. I don't see any concern with. Um, put them in there. Yeah. Probable sort of guys. Guys that were, you know, more than likely on, but still there's question marks. Yeah, they're, they're guys like Stefano and Isaiah Katoa, who who blokes that I've got in my team at the moment. I'm happy with them. You know, Stefano, he's cheap. Katoa, they're all cheap. They're cheapies. Good good chat there. Um, so they're both in my side. And, again, I, I've Stefano in particular, I've got 
close to the must-have, but you could make a case not to start with Katoa or Stefano. Uh, point of difference, cheapies. So these are the guys that their ownership is probably a little bit lower for whatever reason. Who are the guys you're looking at there? Yeah, so these are the ones that aren't in my side and you could make a case for, for every single one of them. Sorry, Jacob Preston's on this list, who I believe will be in my side, but we've got Chance, Nickel, Klockstad, Talau, Naden, Ford, Dory and Cardi, the edges at the Parramatta Eels, and Pasami Solo, who... You could make a case for every one of these, mate, but at this stage, I just see too many red flags around them. Uh, and then lastly, the ones that... Probably the three plaguing me the biggest at this stage are the genuine question marks, 50-50 mm. splits. It's Moali, Kepi, and Sonny Luke. And we've spoken at most of these guys in depth. The only one we probably haven't is Sonny Luke, who... I'm going against him because I'm just so content and have been from the start of the preseason with Harry Grant and Cheese in my hooking position. I understand why people aren't going with Harry Grant at the price because there's so much value in the spot, but I can't wait to have Harry Grant at semi-pod range to start the season. Sonny Luke at 234k, he's the one that if he comes out and goes 60.60 points, it's going to make some tough calls for non-owners. I reckon you'll be trading in Sonny Luke in three weeks. That's my prediction. I'm pretty confident Sonny Luke comes in and does a good job for the Panthers. I think it was pretty evident in that World Club challenge that Mitch Kenny, great defensive hookup, they need more in attack. Mm. And I think that Sonny Luke's going to offer quite a bit. I, I um, can see it happening as well, mate. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm very aware of the circumstances, but I'm just going to take the best hooker in Supercoach in Harry Grant. If in three weeks' time, Sonny Luke makes an irresistible case and I have to go Grant down to him and it frees up 600k to change my team to bits everywhere else. Not change it to bits, but have cash to play with. So be it. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair shout. I think Sonny Luke, I think he'll, if he plays 50 minutes, I think he'll be able to make 25 tackles plus the attacking upside he has. Um, I think he's going to be a handy little guy Are you convinced, year. having not played any of the trials, that he does come into big game time straight away? Uh, I think that if Penrith want to be winning consistently. They need <laughs> someone else at hooker. Something that in the past they've... Yeah. Like they've with all due respect it. to Mitch Kenny, like he's a great yeah. player. I love him. I would start him at nine, but you can't play him for big minutes. Yeah. The attack is... so, And the attack was clunky last year as well. It's like this isn't something we learnt from the World Club Challenge. It was clunky last year as well mm. until Appy got on the field. So uh, I'm pretty confident on him. Uh, mate, Sit V starts. I'm going to hand the keys to you for this one. What do you reckon? Yeah, mate, so I think each week it's such a vital part of Supercoach that often gets overlooked, and that, that is the sit-v start. So we're going to make this a regular topic on the, the Beers and Break Evans podcast. Uh, the big one we start with is, of course, CT Dub. Now, this is obviously going to change with everyone's team structure. You and I both have two guns plugged into our CT Dub. I think we've then got the same cheapies at CT Dub in Taruva, Carm Pereira, Thompson, Alamotti, and Warbrick. So, who are the two starters that we're pairing with our guns? At this stage, mate, I have got Taruva there with that matchup against the Broncos in Penrith. I think that's a, a really good one there. And then Khan Pereira, I'm just... Again, the Titans match up with the Tigers, I really like. Leichhardt Oval. And I just love what Foz is going to do for that left edge, what we saw in that second trial against the Dolphins. And, and I see he's one of them blokes where... Looks to have a, a, a semi-decent base, but... Because of his speed, he scoops up a loose ball. He's running the field. So I, I, they're my two plays, and I'm actually sitting Thompson, Alamotti, and Warbrick this week outside my 17. I won't waste anyone's time. Mine's exactly the same. I am playing Taruva, Val Holmes. I've got Isaac Tungo over Brian To'o, and then I'm going to go for Carm Piera as well. I think Carm Piera on that left edge, I love what Foz did as well. 
He's also going to be matching up against Tommy Talao and David Nofaluma. Mm. And I think they'll be able to catch them out with Sean Bloor inside them, who they haven't defended with either. I think that Foz uh, might have a little bit of a day out on that side. Yep. So I'm going to back Carl Pierre in for a daily double there, calling it. So then, mate, we'll, we'll get into our four bench reserves and I'll touch on the ones I've picked so far, and that's Brandon Smith, Teague Wilton, Tanner Boyd, which is the one I'm iffy on, and Tom Trebojevic. So outside of Tanner Boyd, they pretty well picked themselves. I will note that Jermaine Hopgood, you know, he's in cheapy range and you'd sort of think, oh, he comes in sit v start conversation. He's just in, obviously. So they're my four bench players. Who have you gone? Uh, my four bench players, my my four reserves, yeah? Yep. Yeah, I've gone for... So it, my starting back right at the moment, I've got Fafita, Wilton, Hopgood. Uh, at the moment, my bench is going to be Ola Kawatu. Mm. He's my little pod player. I'm, I'm spending a bit of money there to get Ola. I'm a huge fan of him, and I just think with DCE this year, being the dominant ball player. Egan Butcher, I've got at the moment, who I mentioned a few weeks ago that I was considering starting with. Mm. I'm pretty confident on Egan now. It looks pretty evident that Angus isn't going to be back for quite some time. Silly Tupanua's got a while to come back. Josh Wong, I don't think he's going to start at any point. He's not on the side at the moment. So Egan Butcher, I'm very confident on him. Um, I've also got Adam Dwayhe on my bench solely because I've got KP in my team and he plays before Nathan Cleary. I'm actually going to have a little VC. Yep. Shot at Ponga, just as a real point of difference guy there because I'm confident Cleary scores well this week. And then, of course, Tommy Travojevic mm. as well as my reserve there. Rate it. So now into the the ones that we aren't playing our side at the moment. As it stands for me, Davey Moali, Franklin Pele, Jacob Preston, and this is where it gets a little bit iffy, and Murata Niakore, who I want to play. I'm just... It's funny. Teams, I shouldn't say stacked, but I've you know probably got one borderline gun extra that's sitting outside my 17. What I'm looking at, mate, is this week, Dragons have the buy. I don't own any Dragons, so I've got that depth. Next week, when Manly have the buy, and boom, Tommy Turbo, there's one gone already. And then if anyone else owns any other Manly players, so straight away that 18th man, a strong 18th man becomes so vital because he becomes a starting 17 player. So, uh, look, I could flip Niakore and Tanner Boyd, but at this stage I'm sitting Niakore. Uh, and then Isaiah Katoa also sitting. Who are you not playing in your side? Can I ask you quickly there, Niakore. Um, Jackson Ford, I think he's got the potential to be a huge trap. Mm. I'm more confident on Nia Corey than I am on Ford. But are you worried at all about that rotation at the Warriors and how it could potentially impact Nia Corey? Definitely. Yeah. But this is one I'm just backing ability and eye test. He's a good footballer, isn't he? He's such a yeah. good footballer. The Warriors have so much depth, so there's a concern. But a couple of stats around Nia Corey. Last, so in 2021, people look back to the average 58 minutes in for 41 points. Really concerning. But deeper dive, there were eight games at centre in that season for 80 minutes. So I think regarding the minutes and output, you can pretty well scrap that. That was obviously at the Eels. He's priced on a 40-point average in 44 minutes per game. So I think he can play 65 to 80 minutes. And with that, I think he can score really well. Is he running off SJ? I think he will be, yeah. Oh, yes, he will yeah, be. So that, that's big as well. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Uh, the guys that I'm not playing, Sonny Luke, Kepi, Pele. At the moment, I've got Bryce Cartwright. Uh, that could quite easily turn to Jacob Preston, depending yep. how that situation plays out. 
Isaiah Katoa, who could quite easily turn into Tanner Boyd, but I won't play either of them. Uh, and then my our three CTWs, Isaac Thompson, Alamotti, Warbrick. Uh, mate, if you, for whatever reason, if you needed to play one of Thompson, Alamotti, Warbrick, who would you, who, who'd be your next guy up in the CTW? Ooh, I'm leaning towards Warbrick personally. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because Barney's got the Sharks at Shark Park. Thompson's the obvious one, but very tough matchup. Alamotti's got the best matchup, I think, mainly at Brookie. Far from easy, but I think that's the best matchup. But he's a centre. What's his base going to be like? A bit more unsighted. And then Warbrick. Going up against Kohler. Very good defender. Outstanding. And then Warbrick, who has Parramatta in round one. Sorry, game one. Thompson? I'm going Warbrick. (coughs) Warbrick. Okay. Want to have a little bet this week? Who scores more points? Warbrick v Thompson. This can be our uh, our blue wealth blue wealth property player special this week. We'll go Thompson versus Warbrick, a little battle of the benches. Yeah, okay, I like it. I, I'm I'm happy with Thompson. I'll take Warbrick. Right oh, good. We'll see you next week. Love that. Um, okay, mate. Is that sit v starts done and dusted? That's it, mate. That's it. Fantastic. Love that. That'll be a weekly segment we'll bring back every single week. And if you guys, you know, there's obviously going to be guys that we're not going to have in our teams. Tim obviously copies me pretty closely. So if you guys have anyone that you want to send in uh, questions for and whatever, we will have questions every week. We'll get stuck into those now. Um, First one from Christopher Elton. We sort of already touched on this. Hey, boys, can you rank Sonny Luke v Tanner Boyd? You're a Tanner Boyd man? Yeah, I'm a Tanner Boyd man. Um... I'm just looking at an 80-minute goal kicker. Yeah, that's fair. And a soft draw. Yeah, yeah, very and fair. And dual position. I think uh, at the <clears> price, <throat> I kind of like Sonny Luke at hooker. But obviously, Tanner Boyd, if you can shove him in at halfback. Just quickly, the, the other thing that's... I was running a lot of probably a Manly Seagulls-style top-heavy roster prior to Nico's injury. I feel a lot better about starting with Harry Grant with Nico Hines injured because... I don't have all my money invested in a few of these top dollar Yeah, that's players. fair too. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from Harry Dutney. Says, any love for Munster with a soft opening draw? After this week, it is a pretty nice draw for Cam Munster. Um, I'll let you get it up and you can go through it. But, mate, it, it has been surprising. Cam Munster isn't even in most conversations, which is mm. very interesting. What are your thoughts? Parramatta to start in Sydney, very tough. Doggies at Amy, Titans, Tigers, and then he goes bunnies, roosters. So two, three, four, nice round. <clears throat> yeah, there's just value at five eight. Yep. Like Adam Dewey's obviously pretty popular. Matty Burton, you can make a strong case for. We've now got sort of Katoa who's propped up there. Anyone who wants to start with Josh Schuster. I just don't think there's value in it. There was also he came out himself in the preseason, said he had some sort of niggle that he was dealing with. So at eight forty eight K, we mentioned it the other day, he's <laughs> For a bloke that you would think would have one of the biggest ceilings in Supercoach, he's never really hurt you too bad. He's never really had those big 150-plus scores that Teddy and Pappy and Nico have had. So it's just it's a lot of coin to pay. I suppose now that Nico's gone and people downgrading him, that could free up cash to do it as a pod. Just not for me. And I think when you have a look at his scores over the years, like, yes, he's got, you know, a decent draw, two, three, four, but he's got hard games, one, five, six. Mm. But he could score 73 in every single one of those games, yeah. and I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, and, and that's it. You talk about matchup proof, don't you? Well, it's him. He, Tough games could be 68. Great games could be 76. Yeah. 
and he just falls straight into that category. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Mad I, I, Dog tries when he, when he needs to try. When he needs to. Yeah, <laughs> which will be the back end of this season, yeah. I think. Um, now, this next one was a bit of a combination, a uh, bit of a lab project of about 15 fucking oh, questions. Oh, this question. Wilton, Garner or Egan Butcher? I've gone for Wilton and Egan Butcher. As crazy as it seems, <laughs> when I look at these team lists and where I'm sitting, I think Egan Butcher slowly become... Potentially the best one out of them. I know, and he's the one that I don't have in my team at the moment. <laughs> that's great. So that that's where like I'll, I'll have sort of later today once I can sit down and properly go through it all tomorrow afternoon. I'll, I'll update my full team reveal on the SC Playbook website. But I'm trying to get Egan Butcher in. I really am, and I want him. And, and maybe Neocore becomes him. Maybe I, I find a bit of extra cash and and turn Preston into him. I just don't know. Like, there there are so many good options. Uh, in terms of ranking them, I'm not even going to do it because I can't. As it stands, I've got Wilton and Garner, but I've got Egan Butcher as every bit as good a buy as those two. So I don't know to answer that one. Yep, Paul. fair shout. Uh, Jason Gilmore, for both of you, who are your bench front row forwards and your two RFs? We have sort of already gone through these, but... Uh, so my starting front row forwards at the moment, I've got Ruben, Connor and Stefano. I think I might downgrade Cotter to maybe a Christian Welsh or someone to free up a bit of cash. Uh, and then I've got Kepi and Pele. Then I've got Fafita, Wilton, Hopgood, Olukawatu, Egan Butcher, Bryce Cartwright as my front row forwards to RFs. Who are yours, mate? Yeah, so I've gone a bit light with Cotter and Uta Kamanu. Well, not light with Cotter, but a bit light with Uta Kamanu. It's one area of my team that I'm a bit concerned about with Mo Ali and Pele, who I really don't want to be starting in my 17. So if Uta Kamanu can't average sort of 40 to 45 minimum, it is a, a certainly a weak spot of my team, and, and I'm copying that. Um, so Kepi and Mo Ali are on the bench there, and then I've, I've just – sorry, we went through it before, but I've got Nia Kore, Wilton, and, and – uh, Preston as my edges, uh, sorry, reserve two RFs. Yep, beautiful. Uh, next one comes from Scotty Lambeth. He says, Dory or Bloor? Um, I would be stoked if there was a third option, to be honest with you. I'm not overly keen on either. Neither, mate. Both watches over the next two weeks for me. Uh, a couple of questions about Jacob Preston. A few people said, is he a must-have? I think it's fair to say he's not a must-have at the moment. Long, long way from yep. it. Um, if you were to pick one, this is from Sam Kiley, Pele or Preston. Who would you be going with this one? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think... I'll, I'll, I'm going to say Pele and I'll tell you why. It's because he's available up front row. Yeah. And there are so many two RFs. Yeah, I think Preston averages more and scores better and makes more money. There's more upside there, isn't there? There's more upside, yeah. but... There's a million two RS we can pick. There's not a lot of front rowers. All right, this one comes from Tiki Tack. This is the one directly for you, Timmy Williams. Uh, Tim's thoughts on Remus now that we have other options. There's just been too many other guys that have emerged, yeah. right? And not upset about it one bit. Yeah, not at all. So out of my side, and it's it's no, nothing. My mind hasn't changed on Remus at all. I, I think he's a great buy and can make some decent cash and be a solid enough play in, in teams. But 
it's just so many good CT dub cheapies, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. Um, interesting one here from Rugby League. It says, does Katoa give Ilias Fives a slow, super slow burn? Uh, I think this is a fair shout. Absolutely he does. Yeah. I, With less job security. I'm, I'm, I'm not thrilled on Katoa at all. I'm, yep. I'm just Put it this way. If there wasn't the option of Schuster in a few rounds, I would be so tempted to not start with Katoa and wait till round his third round price rise. But I just feel like we've got insurance of being able to go him to Schuster if shit hits the fan. Now, this one is an interesting one. Comes from uh, Joel Crawford. Does the Gold Coast bench push up Tino's minutes? Now, sort of already touched on this briefly, but obviously Tino, he finished with... The minutes that he played at the end of last season were fucking out of mm. this world. He was incredible. Look at his last few games. 68 minutes, scored 90. 80 minutes, scored 109. 69 minutes, scored 70. Didn't score a try in any of those three weeks. Um, this is a guy that is coming back from a World Cup. This is a guy that plays Origin in the middle of the year. I'm just not sure if the Titans can afford to play him for 70 minutes for an entire fucking season, realistically. Add in the fact that Mo Fodawaka has averaged over 50 minutes the last three seasons and Aaron Clark averaged 60 minutes last season. So they can take a lot of time out of that middle. The bench doesn't hurt him. It just, it, I don't think it elevates his minutes in my mind. So who else I really like at the Titans and I think he's going to have a big year this year, Jermaine Joliffe. Isn't he a little smoky? You know what? I was looking at him going, he's 50K cheaper than Christian Walsh. I had him in my team at yeah, a point last yeah. night, and I thought, you know what? The only thing that decides this is his offloading ability. Went and had a look at his stats. How many offloads do you reckon Christian Walsh had in his last full season? Uh, 28. 45. Jeez. How many do you reckon Jermaine Joel have had? Four. Yeah, 11. So that made yeah. the decision for me, but... I'll tell you what, if I see in the first few weeks Jermaine Joliffe playing good minutes and offloading, he's the one that no one has spoken about that he could become very, very interesting. He could. So average 36, 34, 37 minutes the last three seasons for averages all around that 40 mark. So I just don't really... I don't think an offload is the thing that just comes out of nowhere. Fair. You can be given a licence by your coach to offload. So many front rollers, they're just told... Mate, tuck it under your wing. I don't want to see you offloading. Yep. So then they can be going, mate, you know, we're going to play a bit of second phase footy. When the opportunity arises, start offloading the ball. But, you know, it doesn't really come out of nowhere. Just to show you, like, in games that he played over 40 minutes last year, uh, there was one game he played 45 minutes. He got 47 in base. Another game, 47 minutes, 46 in base. 42 minutes, 47 in base. Um, 50 minutes, 53 in base. 53 minutes, 53 in base. Pedigree's there. Yeah. And just... Just low-key hype around him. Just impressing. He's obviously got a starting role. So, yeah, could be one we're talking about in a month or so. Yeah, I think he'll be a very interesting guy. Okay, our last topic for the day uh, is our captains and vice captains. Uh, mate, I said before that I'm going to have a little gamble on Caelan Ponga as my VC just because I don't think many people are going to him, own him and I'm very confident on Cleary as my captain in that Penrith game. Uh, so that's the avenue I'm going to be going down. You're captaining Cleary over Teddy. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I just... I, I There's another another bet for us this week, Teddy v. Cleary. Oh, I'm not going to bet with you on that, but I just think, you know, <laughs> everyone tells me, oh, fucking this guy's going to score for it, this guy's going to score for it, this guy's going to... I can't all fucking score. 
They're not all going to... Joey Manu out of Joey Manu does help, to be fair. Yeah, I might have gone a little bit overs here. I might have to reconsider this, but... Mate, um, the first of many a time you're going to change your mind and take my advice this year, <laughs> Captain Teddy. Yeah, I still like Cleary, eh? We'll right. see. You do, you. Uh, there's a very good chance I fold on this. I'll, I will probably shit myself on Friday night and go Cleary. Can you but... put it this way? Sunday afternoon, sitting there, watching a dry Suncorp surface... Roosters got up 10 nil against the Dolphins after six minutes. Teddy has a try, and you just go and, like, this could be anything. I think that the Dolphins will put up a slightly bigger fight than what we're expecting. I still think the Roosters get away with just a good be, win. As in, like, you know, give them a bit more respect than we've been giving them, or round one, new club, they're just... New club, they're going to be... They're going at Suncorp. I, I think Wayne will get them up for this. For, I'm sort of backing off a little bit the huge smashing that I thought it would be earlier in the week, but we'll see. If the Dolphins win this, it's the end of my career. And, I don't think they'll win it. So. And rightly so, 100%. I'll be cheering on yeah. them. I will be a Dolphins fan next week. 5,500, thanks, Tony, for the new Dolphins fucking member over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Yeah. Mate, I'm, Teddy's tough to lay I, down. I'm, I'm right. VC Cleary, C Teddy, and if Cleary comes out and scores 200, then I'll be trading Katoa to Josh Schuster for a loop. What about Tommy Tarojevic? First game back at Brookvale, 3 p.m. We just had one of the great uh, Bulldogs fans of all time walk into the studio. He's probably going to come and punch me in the back of the head soon. But uh, I think Manly, they were incredibly impressive in the trial. Canterbury's lost Luke Thompson, new combinations. Turbo's interesting. Yeah. I was going to say as a VC, but you couldn't VC him into Teddy, obviously both being at fullback. Yep. Uh, injury history, couldn't do. But yeah, mate, like he... He could score massive in it. It could pay huge dividends if you've got the balls to do it. Yeah. Which we do not. <laughs> <laughs> Safe to say. No secrets there. Okay. Mate, we done and dusted? We're done and dusted, mate. So what are we on this week? Our, our little player bet is Will Warbrick and Isaac Thompson. Yeah. Love that. Cheering on Will Warbrick tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, what's what's the uh, overs unders on hours it takes you to change your mind and skip a Teddy? Oh, honestly, it could be seconds into minutes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I might I might be flipping like a fish there, especially <laughs> after a weekend with you and especially a few, few beers in Armadale. Yeah, prior to kick off in Penrith game, me and your ear, yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. And guys, just remember it is on the screen. Uh, but if you if you haven't joined our beers and break evens group on Supercoach. I could call you a number of names that I don't think any of them would be over the top. You'd have to be batshit crazy not to be in it. Uh, Blue Wealth Property, obviously our major sponsor, they have put in a $5,000 cash prize. That is cold, harsh, cold hard cash. Mm. No strings attached, no bullshit. You get 5K in your paws. The code 353745. And if you're an NRL club member, which you should be, Timmy's a member of two, uh, you will receive another $500. So $5,500. Unbelievable. I looked last night. There's almost 6,000 people in it. They could double in the next 24 hours. If it triples and you're at 18K, still chances of taking home 5K compared to taking on the 160,000, still incredible. You're crazy not to be in it. If not that, you can win an absolute belter of a footy. How good. Yeah, if you and your six other teams aren't in there, you're kidding yourself. You've <laughs> got to be there. So weekly prize. Oh, God, I almost died. Good. <laughs> weekly prizes. Uh, we've got the Beers and Break Evens hat and the 
Beers and break-even steed and footies uh, that are coming next week. So plenty of big prizes there. I'm going to go jump in a hole and call it a day. Thanks for joining us. Once again, guys, the link for Blue Wealth Property is in the description. <laughs> Good to catch up with you again, mate. Comfortably your best sign-off of all time. <laughs> We're well and truly up there. Cheers, guys. We'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.